with me real quick to Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews 2. We're going to spend just a moment there, and then I want to talk to you about this morning what this church has done for me and the importance of it. I want to look at Hebrews chapter 2, and once you got it, just say, got it. Got it. Hebrews 2, verse 1, 2, 3. We're going to just go down to 4, and we'll call it a day right there in Hebrews chapter 2. You got it? Got it. Here we go. Hebrews 2, verse 1. Therefore, this is uh, the writer of Hebrews, who we don't really know who wrote it. It's, it's kind of uh, anonymous. It says this, that therefore we must pay closer attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how then can we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to those who heard, while God also bore witnesses with signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. I love the way the Hebrew writer simply put it. He said this, be careful to listen and obey to what you've heard, so that what? You don't drift. Come on. Rodney, when I was a kid, I was just that wee little kid, and my grandparents had this little lake house out at Possum Kingdom. Anybody know where Possum Kingdom's at? It's out there with the big cliffs, big deep waters, beautiful lake out there. And don't be confused by me saying lake house. It wasn't like a $1.5 million home. It was more like a bed, two-bedroom shanty with a nice little overlooking, uh, what, what you call a fenced-in patio. And me and my sisters would sleep out there just on sleeping bags. And it was basically just a place just to come in, get a snack, and then go back on the lake. And that's what we did. We spent so many hours and hours on the lake at Lake Possum Kingdom, skiing, tubing, swimming, all the kind of, it was, it was fun. And one day, one day we come back, and I was with my cousins, and my grandpa was tying up the front of the boat with some rope, and he told my cousin, Gary, to tie up the back end of the boat, and so that on the front and the back, the boat would be secure, so that we went up and had some sandwiches, pimento cheese, tuna fish, the little Funyuns or whatever we were eating that day, that in that moment while we were there, the boat could stay tied up close to the dock. My friend, my cousin, Gary Brennan, he didn't tie his end all that well. When we came back from the pimento cheese sandwiches, we quickly found out that the back end had come loose and that the boat had drifted away from the dog. Luckily, Grandpa, he tied a pretty good knot, and it was still attached. I remember one time, the boat, through all the tough winds and the rain, I mean, it was like almost sinking. The boat somehow actually became detached from the rope. This was months later, and it actually went off and went into a little cove, and we had to get another friend that had a boat and take us to the lost boat in the middle of the cove of Possuming Lake. And it just it reminded me of this passage of Scripture that says what? That we have to stay tied up to the dock. Come on. Because why? We're humans. Because why, Matt? We want to drift, don't we? We, yeah. we, we, we hear a good word, and before we know it, we start drifting away. We, we go to a great summer camp where we do great things for God, and before you know it, we get a little lazy with our Bible time. We get a little lazy with the reading of the word. We get a little lazy, and what do we do? We often drift away. Yeah. So I want to give you just a quick little analogy or illustration you can hold on to. Hank, I, I, know it's, I know it's close, it's close, but I'm going to pretend like you're Jesus Christ, okay? <laughs> That's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, Hank, I want you to hang on to this rope, and I want you to understand that what this verse is telling us is, is that we are to be tied up, not to church, but to Jesus. Yeah. 
This whole, I don't have time to get into it, but this whole section is about being tied up to salvation and how God came and he, with his angels, confirmed and with the people and signs and wonders and miracles, it ties us up to our great faith, our great promise, which is Jesus Christ. So then if we are tied up, the rope becomes what? The church. The church is simply the vehicle that I hold on to that connects me to Jesus. Are you following me? So I can't let go of the rope, the church, or else I'm going to drift away like my grandpa's boat back in the summer in the 80s. Right? Was that long ago, right? Back in the mid-80s when his boat went out in the middle of a cove by itself. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but there's a lot of people today in our churches that are drifting away. Come on. One of the things that helped me stay so close to God was my church over on 1415 Britain Road or something like that? 1715. Something. They, they got it. I, I didn't memorize that part. I stayed connected to the church. Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, Thursday night prayer meeting, Saturday night prayer meeting. I stayed connected to the church. Why did this little white trash boy that came from so many divorces in my family, why did I stay connected and, and get so close to God? Why? Because I held on to the church and that church took me to Jesus. I got to be honest with you. There were times in my life where I wanted to just lose grip it. There were times in my life yeah. where I kind of let go. But Come guess on. what? I kept coming back to the church, the church that I could hold on to that pulled me next to Jesus. Now, in the beginning, I would literally hang stand up. This is going to be real awkward. I literally in the beginning was like this. I just got to hold on to Jesus. And that rope, the rope was the church. And I would be like this, man. I wanted to get so tight, bear hug, and that—that that was my goal as a young, a young little lad was to hold on to Jesus as tight as I could. But there were times, I'm going to be honest with you, I was just barely hanging by a shoelace. Yeah. Just grabbing the belt loop of the Wranglers. I guess Jesus wears Wranglers. I don't know. I was just grabbing the belt loop of the Wranglers. Just barely, yeah. just barely hanging on. But the goal was to what? To get through the church and get around Jesus. Because I knew, listen to this, I knew Jesus could take me further than I could ever go myself. Come on. I knew how far I could go. Yeah. And it was only baby steps. But if I held on to the church, the church got me to Jesus. The church wasn't Jesus. The church got me to Jesus, and that would be the anchor of my faith. And you can put it down now, Hank. I, I, I wanted you to see that I, I get to see this a lot more than a lot of you because I get to travel. Um, one of the biggest groups of people that are bailing our churches today and letting go of the rope are the young people, the millennials, yeah, come on. the under-30s. I, I just found a couple statistics here. I, I, just, I have to look at my phone because I didn't memorize this. It says that two in 10 Americans under the age of 30 believe that ten, attending church is unimportant. It's an all-time low. 59% of millennials, that would be those under the age of 30, have been raised in church, have now dropped out. Almost 60%. 35% of them have an anti-church stance, believing that church does more harm than good. This is what it says. It breaks my heart. And this is why my wife and I and our family say we're going to keep going after millennials. We're going to keep going after Gen Xers, right? We're going to be in there. Not, not Gen Z. We're Gen X. We're going to go after the Gen Z. That, that This is why. It says this, that millennials are the least likely group of anyone, of any age, of any generation, of any time to attend church. And as we travel from church to church all over Texas, 
What are, what are the age groups that are missing from our church? The 20 to 30s. They're, they're just absent. They're gone. What happened? They let go of the rope. They let go of church, and therefore their relationship with God has waned. The relationship with Jesus Christ, their salvation, is weaker than it's ever been, right? And so we've got to, in my opinion, begin to switch that and bring that back to get young people to understand that when you hold on to the church, it's keeping you connected to Christ. Come on. Now, I just started thinking one day, I was actually in church, I started thinking about why, why people left the church. Why are these young people leaving the church? Number one, church. Church has required too much of their time. I'm just being honest with you. And they've got all too important schedules. They've got soccer games. They've got work things. They've got Pokemon tournaments. They, they have all kinds of stuff going on, right? And the church, they, they think it requires too much of their time. They also, this is some of the things I've seen. There are people that are falling out of the church and let go of the rope. Because why? Because they've been hurt by the church. Yeah, come on. Come on. The sal salvation is perfect, but the rope sometimes is imperfect. The, yeah. the church is imperfect. And people are the church. And there's been some things and some bad memories and some mistakes and some hard times. And they let go of the rope because of some bad memories. It, listen, it, there are people out there saying these young people, they're letting go of the rope. Why? Because no one's ever invited them. It's just a fact, right? Like, we become, and I love, I love what we're talking about. We become too comfortable, as Matt at the very beginning, we become too comfortable with our faith and it stop moving forward. We become comfortable with us for and no more, an old expression, and we've stopped inviting people. And if we don't invite people, listen to me, they're not going to show up. They're just going to drive down, and then it happens, and I love it. I love those stories when it happens. I was in Lampasas, Texas one time, and I was preaching and preaching up a fit. I gave a salvation altar call at the end, and there was this dude that morning that gave his heart life to Jesus Christ. You know what he said? He said, I'm on the oil field down here working. I was going to the wash tear to wash my clothes, and something told me to come to this church this morning. I was like, yes, finally. I've heard those stories all my life, and it's never happened to me, and it happened this morning. Cool. I like that. But that's the exception. That's the exception. No one's invited. Oh, you look, and it's just in my little mental, my little mental scroll, scroll. I, I understand that people they they don't come to church because they have they have no community here. They have no friends here. There's no connection. You know what? In today's society, they're getting their community through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snappy, Snappy, Snappy Chat, and they're getting all that connection through their workout groups like Camp Gladiator and Zumba and Pokemon groups and video game online groups, and they're finding that connection elsewhere to where it used to be. The church are you following me i'm seeing that a lot of people today young people 30 and under they're not coming to our church i'm not talking about this church i'm talking about big church they're not coming to our church today because it's just flat out boring and there's no life change and there's no power there so why come and waste the morning when i could sleep late come on yeah they're young people under the age of 30 and they're letting go of the rope and they're drifting away from the greatest story that's ever been told is Jesus Christ and how he can change theirs. So what do we got to do? We got to ask ourselves the question this, and I, I, I'm moving quickly. Is church more about what we get or what we give? Because if you really look at it, the 30 and under, they've been raised in this church where it's all about what? What I get. 
It's the consumer mentality of America, isn't it? This is what is a byproduct of the megachurch. And there's nothing wrong with megachurches. I love the megachurch and what they've done and the excellence they brought in. But one of the byproducts is, is that church now has become to the millennial about what I can get. What kind of youth programs do you have? What kind of things are you giving to my kids? Are you going to give away a brand new car on Sunday morning to the best couple that's here as we draw out of a hat? What, what are you giving to me? But church as the way I was raised under Gerald Patterson and this family was not a about what I get. It was about what I gave. It's what I give on a week-to-week basis. And if we can begin to shift this mentality and get back to hold on to the rope, this great salvation, then we will learn that millennials, they do want one thing, and that is to not waste their lives. They want their lives to matter. They want to join a cause in a group and do something grandioso with their lives, don't they? And if we can teach them that church is not about what we get, But it's about what we give. Four things, four quick things that this church taught me about what was so important to give. Number one, it was simply this. This church taught me that I got to come to church and give my worship. Come on. Amen. We we have so many times this, this Jesus culture gateway hill song that worship is about what it does to me. But worship is about what it does to him. I heard a pastor say one time, I'll never forget it. Like picture yourself when you come into worship on a Sunday morning, like there's this blank canvas up on the on the board, and when you come in, God is giving you watercolors or crayons or the little uh, markers, and when you get into worship, it's you pulling out your watercolors, your markers, and you painting up a picture of who Christ is. That's worship. Oh, that's good. <laughs> It's not just me feeling good and doing a little doo-doo dance or whatever. I definitely do. That was weird. It's the first time I've ever said that. Do, do die dance. That's what I meant to say. No, 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 no. It's about us bringing our watercolors and painting up a picture of who Christ is. Who is he? today. He's your deliverer. He is your provider. He is your forgiver. He is your salvation. And I'm painting up a picture of him and what he's done in my life. This church taught me to run around the church and to lift my hands and not be ashamed of worship. It taught me to dig into the presence of God. We come to church and what do we bring? Our worship. Amen. Our worship. Number two, I don't know I'm out of time. Number two is simply this. We bring our offerings. And yeah, I'm talking about money. Pastor Jerry didn't tell me to say this, and I actually saw some of the stuff that you put on the boards, and man, you guys are really killing it right now, and things are going really well. But man, it is an honor and a joy to bring my offerings to church. Amen, it's true. That every paycheck, every penny I receive, everything I've been given, it's from him, and I get a chance to give back. And we all know it's more blessed to give than to receive. And this is the mentality we got to adapt with church. I mean, it's more exciting to give to my kids and watch the joys on their heart on Christmas morning or a birthday or whatever it is than for me to receive myself. My wife says, Kyle, what do you want for birthday? Nothing. Like, nothing. Like, seriously, I don't want anything for my birthday. Why? Because it, like, it doesn't matter for me. I'd rather have her have it, uh, my daughter have it, my son, because it's about them, right? And so it is with the church. It's about us coming together with what? Give back to God what he's freely given to us. us. And some people in church get all hung up on money. Yeah. But it's an honor to give to God. Come on. It's an honor to give, and there's so many things I could dive into, so many channels. 
but to just be able to give and watch someone else receive Christ. Give and watch the church flourish. Give and see someone who didn't have it, have it. It just, it just touches our heart, and it really, with a pocketbook, gets us closer to God. Why? Because at that point, we really say, God, you've got total control of my life. Because usually what's the last thing to go? Your pocketbook and your tongue. And to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to give him control over your tongue? And then to give him your pocketbook, you say, God, you, you have complete control of my life. So listen, if we're going to change the tide in the church today, we've got to understand that church is more about giving than receiving. Our worship, our offerings, number three, we get to bring, we get to give our friends and family. And I could talk all morning on this one, but I won't. Thank you. Uh, listen, we get to bring our friends and family. I remember over on Britain Street, I remember on Shady Grove Street, when I had a passion and a heartbeat to what, bring my own mom and dad to church. I remember during a cowboy game at halftime after getting home from church, going to dad, burning with passion from God and saying, dad, will you come to church with me tonight on Sunday night? I remember Troy Aitman throwing the touchdown number 80 back there, Michael Irvin, and my dad getting all pumped up and excited, and said, Dad, after the game, would you come to church? I remember the passion of going up and down uh, 183 in the restaurants we were at, and all the Taco Buenos and, and Crystal's Pizza, and going up to people and inviting them to church. Why? Because I get to bring someone to church. Yeah. Church is not just for me, but as a whole under the rope, it's for, it's for someone else. And so I get, yeah. I get to, not I don't have to. And I think in the church today, that's yeah. crept in your mind. That we've got to go invite our friends. We've got to go talk to our neighbors about Jesus. We've got, no, 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 it's not a got to, it's a get to. Yeah. Yeah. We get to go bring our friends and family. And who are they? The ones that are hurting and broken and busted up and they're disgusted and they're, they're hurt lives. And we get to bring them into the church. I'm so proud of my friend Andrew. He's youth pastor with the church that we're working with this week. He went to the church. I'm sorry. He went to the school last Sunday night a week ago for like a little candlelight visual for the young man that committed suicide. And he offered his church. said, hey, we're here for you. You can have the funeral or memorial service at our church. We're welcome to open our doors to you, anything you need. And guess what? This coming Saturday, they're going to have the funeral service. My wife gives me a hard time with that. The funeral service at their church. Yeah. And they don't even go to the church. We get to bring our friends and family to the church. And it is our offering. The fourth and the final thing, and I'll be done, is simply this, is that we get to what? bring ourselves. What are you talking about, self? I'm talking about my skills and my talent and the things God created me and you to be individually different. We get to bring that to church and we yeah. give that. Whether it's a teacher, whether it's an usher, whether it's worship, whether it's sound, media, and lights, whether it's creativity to what do outreaches in the community, whatever it is to drive a bus, a van, and bring people here, all of it's right there, right? We bring ourselves in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says that, no, 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 now we are the offerings. No more bulls, no more goats, no more turtle doves, but no, no, no. We are the sacrifice. We are the living sacrifice of what God is now approved of, like, like I give him me, and that's yeah, that's yeah. what I get to bring to church. It may be finances to help on the board. It may be vision casting, an organization, or cleaning the church, or running a bus ministry, or trimming trees and bushes, whatever it is, the talent God's given to you, guess what you get to do? You get to bring it to church and say, God, here I am. I want you to have all of me and use all of me. Thank goodness there are some Pattersons that look down deep in my life. Amen. Come on. 
They said there's an ability to communicate and be funny and to entertain. And I, I, I remember Pastor Cheryl Patterson looking at me and saying, Kyle, you got an ability to communicate. And that validation just simply from him, one of my heroes and mentors, like it sent me as I brought myself. Yeah. And when we come to church, we bring ourselves and the people around us begin to spot that Hank. And we begin to see some of the things that God's created us individually to do. Because we're all different, aren't we? It's all the bodies, yeah. the head, the feet, the arms, the legs, all of it. That we all are fit knitly together. We bring ourselves. We bring ourselves. So this morning is yeah. why I wanted to close. I just simply wanted us to take a moment this morning and do simply two things. I want us to take as a group, Kyle, you want to come and maybe strum a little? Cool. I think that's the right word. I'm not a musician, but Stromer, you could even play something on the iTunes or whatever y'all got back there. Spotify, Apple, what is it? Apple Radio. There's so many different things now. Listen, I, I just wanted to, to give you an opportunity to do two things. Number one, to understand the mentality that I'm going to give myself. Yeah. This morning, just as I woke up, I was just reminded of that little story from San Antonio, the Alamo, where the leader across the ground knew that they were about in defeat, didn't he? And he drew the line in the sand with his sword and said, either you're for me or you're against me. Either you're with me or you're going to die, right? I mean, like, this is the line in the sand. I just felt like this morning, this was a line in the sand moment that we, the church, would rally together to what extend the church, extend the kingdom of God to places it's never been. Listen, Irving needs Jesus. Yeah. I know yeah. if you feel like driving around, like Irving needs Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Irving needs to get a hold of a rope Come on. that connects them to Jesus. Yeah. It's the church, it's you and me. And number two, I wanted us to draw that line in the sand and just take a moment. And number two, I just simply felt like the Lord said, there's some of you in this room that you've given up hope and dream for yourself. You may have had it 15 years ago. You may have had it 25 years ago. But the hope and dream in your life has kind of dwindled out. You, you yourself have kind of let go of the rope and that dream and passion to serve Christ and be something for him. It's kind of lost on a dock, on a dock far away. And the Lord just simply said, I want you this morning to grab back to the rope and begin to dream again. Oh, don't judge me. One of my favorite movies right now is this movie called The Greatest Showman. And in that movie, there's a line in there that says this. It says, a man's station is only limited by his imagination. A man's station is only limited by his imagination. And I just simply came to wake you up this morning to say, grab the rope and begin to imagine again. Begin to dream again. Begin to give yourself back to God so that he can use you again. Some of you, you need to be up here doing worship. Some of you, you need to be greeters and do outreach and all this kind of stuff for this body, this church. Dream again to let God use you. So everyone, if you stand up on your feet. Just right now as an act of surrender, I'm drawing the line in the sand. The line's in the sand. You say, God, I'm giving this morning. I'm going to give my worship. I'm going to give my tithe. I'm going to give my offerings. I'm going to give my family and my friends. I'm going to bring. I'm going to bring God this morning myself. So right there where you're at, you don't have to do a circle around the room. You don't have to lay down on the ground. We, we can all, right where we're at, go to God. Kyle, play softly. Could you make that commitment to God to step over that line today? To say, God, I'm going to bring all of me. God, I'm going to make it more of a priority, give you my worship all throughout the week. 
Uh, just on Sunday mornings. Oh yeah, it's important here on Sunday mornings, but what about on Monday afternoon? What about on Wednesday morning? What about Friday when you're coming home at night? Come on. Will you give God your worship? My offerings, my friends and family, myself, God. This morning we just lay it all down to you. just a moment this morning for Pastor Jerry comes and closes it up. Just, this is altar time. This is us crying out for more of God as we give ourselves. And as we give ourselves, we find that what? He gives himself. That when we give, we actually get that the two go hand in hand. It's not about you never receiving. It's about that when you give, you get. Father, this morning, we want to be obedient to you. We give you our worship. The fear and the awe of who you are. Father, we make a commitment this morning to bringing, Lord, our friends and family. The, those crazy uncles, those friends and neighbors on our streets. The single moms, the single dads, the kids. Father, we make a priority and commitment to you today that we will bring. And Father, we lift up today this millennial generation, this Generation Z. Father, they would turn the statistics. Father, they would see that church is about what they give, not what they get. And that they would fall back in love and hold on to this rope that connects them to salvation. Father, may they see and somehow hear the greatest story ever told that Jesus gave his life. He was buried three days later, rose from the grave and was seated at the right hand of the father that gives us the authority and the power and the life and the love and the grace and the mercy. May they hear the gospel, the good news that Jesus did it for them individually. step across that line today. Say, God, I'm going to start giving more instead of just trying to get. I'm going to give. I'm going to give. I'm going to give.